0: Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. This is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ right here in Omaha, Nebraska. Great to be back with our listeners again today. Great to have the opportunity to open up God's Word together and study a little bit further, learn a little bit more, dig a little bit deeper, and grow stronger in our faith. Because as we keep emphasizing, faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. We encourage you to uh, come to the Sunny Slope Church of Christ and check us out in person if you're in the Omaha area. And Bible classes begin at 9.30 on Sunday mornings, followed by worship at 10.30. Sunday evenings, we come back together for another period of worship and Bible study at 6 o'clock on Sunday evenings. And on Wednesday evenings at 6.30, we gather together for midweek Bible classes every Wednesday evening. Again, 6.30 each Wednesday evening. You're welcome to any and all of our services. And we do hope you'll come and check us out, get to know us, let us get to know you, worship God with us, study God's Word with us, grow spiritually with us. We encourage you to tell everybody you can about the uh, about the program, Search the Scriptures. But we know that a lot of people, because of work schedules or other schedule problems, They don't get to listen and tune in exactly when the program is aired, even though it's aired several times a day, Monday through Friday. So tell them and take advantage of this yourself as well. Go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com, click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. Now it's free, it always will be free. We don't charge people to listen to God's word. When somebody signs up for a podcasting, they will automatically receive to their smartphone or computer or whatever smart device they choose, they will receive, search the scriptures five days a week, Monday through Friday, and then they can listen at their convenience when their schedule allows. But they'll also receive a great deal more Bible teaching, a Sunday morning Bible class, a Wednesday night Bible class, and all of our sermons, plus what I really consider to be a jewel, and that's a short only about a 13-minute or so Bible study every single day, seven days a week, that we call today's Bible class. Now, all of that will automatically go to your smart device, and it will automatically be there, and so you can listen as you have the opportunity. So tell everybody you can. Take advantage of it yourself. Again, our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, 3606 North 108th Street, right here in Omaha. We're going to get back into our new line of thought and study and really it's not new we are simply going into the next section of this particular study wherein we have emphasized the title don't let the devil win now don't let the devil win what well we're obviously not talking about some kind of contest or match that we are familiar with in our in our physical lives we're talking about on a spiritual level don't let the devil win your soul. He is out to get you. We emphasize often on this program what the Apostle Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, where he describes the devil, identifies the devil as our enemy, our adversary, and he says he's like a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. In other words, he is out for our eternal destruction spiritually. He's out for our soul's destruction. He wants to lure us into sin and thereby move us away from God, resulting in our eternal condemnation in hell. Well, he's not our friend. He's not a cuddly little guy in red flannel pajamas, about four feet tall, with maybe cute little horns and a little pointed tail and carrying a little bitty pitchfork with him. No, that's not him. He's that roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. But as long as we're walking with God, we need not fear the devil. Because Peter goes on in the next verse, verse 9 of 1 Peter chapter 5, and he says, Resist him steadfast in the faith. So God has made the way for us to successfully, effectively, and consistently resist all of the devil's temptations, all of his wiles, as the Apostle Paul put it in Ephesians uh, 5 and verse 10, God has made the way for us to stand effective and secure against all that the devil might throw at us. James wrote in James chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, submit to God. In other words, walk with God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you, James said. And then James goes on and tells us how to effectively resist the devil. He's already said, submit to God. But then he says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Some people want to be able to walk with the devil and with God at the same time. does not work. They want to be able to still live a lifestyle of sinfulness and somehow still believe they're right with god that again is contradictory you need to make up your mind and so in in our last time together we talked about colossians chapter 3 and verses 1 and 2 where the apostle paul made that very instruction or gave that very instruction he said if then you were raised with christ Baptized into Christ, buried with Him in the waters of baptism, raised up to walk in newness of life. Romans chapter 6 and verse 3. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. And so it's a mindset. We could really put it in very direct terms just make up your mind. I've talked many times in teaching and preaching over the years about how a lot of people go through kind of mental and spiritual gymnastics on a regular basis trying to decide, am I going to do this or am I not going to do this? Their conscience is bothering them to some extent because they know they're kind of towing the line with some sinful practice well, am I going to do this or am I not going to do this? And so they go back and forth, and they put themselves through a whole lot of needless, needless spiritual turmoil. Just make up your mind. You're going to follow God through his word. You're going to follow those teachings, live by those teachings. You don't have to go through the mental and spiritual gymnastics all the time on on a repeated basis. Walk with God. As we said last time, the most important thing in life ought to be getting to heaven. And if you don't get to heaven, then it does not matter how much money you've accumulated through your life. It does not matter how high on the, on the professional, successful ladder you've climbed. It does not matter how thought of you are in social circles. If you don't get to heaven, your life's been an utter failure. Now, I hope you can get that. Don't be mad that I've said that. That's simply the way it is, the long and the short of it, the truth of the matter. If you don't get to heaven, the only alternative to getting to heaven is hell, and that's too terrible to contemplate. So you need to have your mind made up, set your mind on things above, Paul said there, Colossians 3 and verse 2, and not on things on the earth. This earth is not where it's at. This physical life in this world is not where it's at what we really need to be looking forward to is eternal life with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit in heaven. Well, how do we set our minds? How do we make up our minds? How do we stay focused on getting to heaven? As we closed last time, we looked at Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. Now a lot of people they they stop, I'm afraid, with verse 9 in Ephesians chapter 2. They begin with verse 8 where Paul wrote, by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And I'm afraid they stop right there and they really misinterpret that, misapply what Paul is saying there, but they need to go on and read verse 10 because that's part of that same immediate context of scripture. And there Paul goes on and he says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. A true, faithful, dedicated Christian is an active, serving, working Christian. Now, James chapter 2, the second half of that chapter goes into great depth and detail about that. But that's not the only text. Right here in verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 2, Right after Paul has said, by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Paul, the very next verse, you, you might say the next breath out of his mouth, of course he was writing it down, but you could think the next nearly stroke of his pen, he says, we're created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, you're not junk. God created you with abilities and capabilities. Let me tell you, you have opportunities and influences that are probably to some degree unique for you. You know people that some people around you don't know. You have influence with those people that others don't have around you. You have the opportunity to reach out with the gospel of Christ to people and help them come to understand how to come to God through Jesus Christ, repenting of their sins, confessing their faith in God and Christ openly, and, and being baptized for the remission of their sins, being buried in that water, dying to their old life of sin being cleansed by the blood that Jesus shed on the cross as they're submerged beneath those waters of baptism, and then coming up out of them as though out of a grave of water. As Jesus came forth from the tomb, reborn spiritually, made new, forgiven, saved. That's what happens as you come up out of those waters of baptism. That's how you've been transformed. The apostle Paul wrote in Titus chapter two and verses 13 and 14, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works, zealous for good works. Now let's move over to the third chapter and read verse 8 this is a faithful saying and these things i want you to affirm constantly that those who believed in god have or should be careful to maintain good works these are good and profitable to men and then in verse 14 of titus chapter 3 let our people also learn to maintain good works well over and over again we're instructed if we're Christians, to be active Christians, dedicated Christians, working Christians. Again, read through the second, uh, the second half of James chapter 2, beginning with about verse 17. Over and over, James emphasizes the responsibility that we have as faithful, dedicated Christians to be working Christians, and that our faith is completed to a great degree by the good works that God has blessed us to be able with the abilities to be able to perform and with the opportunities to perform them. And you see when we're busy working for and serving God as Christians the devil has less time and less opportunity to get into our lives, to get into our thoughts. So we need to focus, we need to make up our minds. We need to set our minds on things above and not on things in the earth. So we need to be about doing God's will and serving Him actively and consistently on an ongoing basis. A lot of a lot of Christians, I'm afraid, they have uh, allowed themselves to kind of slip into the doldrums, and they don't really, you know, they don't really find the fulfillment in being a Christian that God has designed Christianity to give to us, to bless us with, because they're not active. You'll find some Christians that they, if they show up at church services on a regular basis, it may just be for one hour on Sunday morning, and that's it. They don't come to Bible study. They don't come to, to uh, come back with the church on Sunday evening to study and worship some more. Or they don't come on midweek Bible classes to get back into God's Word. They, they come one hour, and that's it. Now, maybe some will come a couple times during a week. Some people, they'll be there one Sunday, and then you won't see them again maybe for a month and a half or two months, and then they'll show up again. Well, you see, that's not active, dedicated, committed, faithful Christianity, unless that person is somehow physically handicapped or something along that line. But even that being the case, they still ought to be in some way striving to worship God with the church or as best they can. And a lot of that can be done now through live streaming and and through podcasting and so on these radio programs, people who may be shut in, they can listen to search the scriptures on a daily basis, Monday through Friday. They can get onto our get into our podcasting and they can receive that short Bible study today's Bible class every day, seven days a week, and they can grow in their faith in that way. But to just kind of sit back and say, well, I put in my, I put in my required minimum required, commitment and dedication by being at church services one hour a week, that mindset is off base. It's out of kilter. Somebody who thinks they can, that's, that's the mindset they can have, put in the very minimum required, and I'm not sure where they find the minimum required, how they come even to that line of reasoning the minimum required for a faithful dedicated christian walking with god through jesus christ is a lifestyle every day throughout the day i'm a christian and i'm living like a christian i'm conducting myself like a christian jesus said in the sermon on the mount toward the beginning of that particular sermon matthew chapter 5 verse 13 he's talking he's saying this to those who would be his followers He said, you, and so that's us today as Christians, you are the salt of the earth, he says, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Now, what is good, what is salt good for? Well, from our perspective, we usually say (laughs) it makes meat, it makes whatever it is we're cooking, vegetables and everything taste better well it's a seasoning influence but do you realize also that salt is a preservative a preservative so it can be applied to meats and those meats can be stored away and be preserved through the influence of that salt salt is supposed to have very positive a very positive nature a very positive use positive use but now If salt loses its seasoning ability, its preserving ability, what in the world is salt good for then? I I really can't think of anything. And so Jesus says, basically, it's good for nothing. Just throw it away. (laughs) Get rid of it. But what what is he talking about there? Is he talking about salt, really? No. Notice he says, you are the salt of the earth. So he's talking about us as Christians. We're supposed to be a seasoning influence on people around us, a seasoning influence for good, for God, for Christianity, helping them to see the way to be forgiven of their sins, to be saved, to become Christians he goes on and uses another illustration in verse 14 of Matthew chapter 5. He says, you are the light of the world. And then he begins to explain what a light is for. He says, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Well, if you have oh, let's say a whole bunch of lights in your house, but you never turn them on, they're not good for anything, are they? In fact, in the darkness of the, of the evening, you may not even be able to see them because you don't turn them on. But we understand what a light is for. We turn it on. It, it dispels the darkness around us. It lights up the area. And so once again, Jesus is not really talking about a lamp or a physical light. He's talking about simply us as his followers, Christians. He uses illustrations such as salt and light to get across the understanding that we are supposed to be an influence for good on the people around us and on the world around us. We're supposed, and then he goes on in verse 16 and he says, let your light so shine that before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Just living the Christian life faithfully, effectively, on a consistent basis as we go to work, as we go to school, as we do our yard work at the house, As we do business, as we do grocery shopping, the way we carry ourselves as a Christian, consistently, always, not using profanity and vulgar language, never using God's name in vulgar ways, and staying away from all of the practices that the devil tries to lure us into that are sinful, standing up for righteousness living a righteous life, not to call attention to ourselves, but simply because of who and what we are. We're Christians. And as people see that lifestyle in us, some of them will notice the difference in what they see around them with other people who are not living the Christian life. And some of those may ultimately be influenced well, to check into what all this Christianity business is all about. And we may, through our influence, at least get them started in a direction where they change their life and they come to God through Jesus Christ for forgiveness and salvation and eternal life. And all of that, again, is not to our glory. It's to God's glory. Once again, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. We need to live the life of Christianity purposely and purposefully. The apostle Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 1, I'm sorry, chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, Peter wrote this, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners, and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Now Satan's always trying to pull us into sin: the lust of the eyes, the the, the lust of the of the flesh, the pride of life. He tries to pull us into sin. But Peter says, "Abstain from fleshly lust because it wars against your soul. Having your conduct honorable." among the Gentiles, or the unbelievers, that they may, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. And so we'll have some people make fun of us because we're trying to live a righteous Christian life. But ultimately, some of those may end up realizing, no, no, that person's trying to do what's right and some of them may actually be influenced to check into that life that we're trying to live as faithful, dedicated Christians. Don't let the devil win in your life. Don't let him win your soul. Let's pray. Father, strengthen us. Give us your wisdom and guidance to live consistently as faithful followers of you, as Christians, Father, thank you for giving us the Bible to show us the way. Please forgive us and hear a prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.